I'm excited. I'm excited about today. I want to say, if you haven't signed up for baptism, but you're saved, please sign up for real. Because it's the, it's the first commandment that we have. And um, as a Christian, it's what Jesus told us to do. It's what he modeled for us. So let's do it. And I want to say this. Most importantly is, I don't know if y'all have been able to listen to any of this sermon series or all of it. But this one so far is my favorite. Now, next week's might be by the time next week rolls around, but so far this one is because I believe it's practical. You can put your hands on it. I do believe it'll challenge you. I want to have fun, but the biggest thing that I need from y'all is I need some people that are talk backers. I need some shouter downers because I'm telling you right now, I feel like my, my hair is on fire and I'm ready to run and scream and shout because I feel like we got something that can help, but you got to want it for you. And if you don't, you're probably not going to like this one, just letting you know. Because today's the title of the message. Someone say go. go. Sell and buy. Go sell and buy is the title of my message. Sell and buy. Sell. I don't know what comes to y'all's mind when it comes to sell and buy or when you first hear this. If you're married in this room, you might be thinking about what your wife needs to sell. So you can pay your bills because you got too many clothes and shoes and such. This is not what we're talking about, but it's okay to come into agreement. My wife, on the other hand, would be on the flip side when it comes to shoes because I believe the anointing flows through the shoes, <laughs> especially when it's Jordan's. But that's not what we're talking about. We're also, I really love to study economics. I'm really interested in it. And so I love to see when do those really smart guys that, and, and ladies make millions upon millions of dollars. When do they want to sell and when do they want to buy? And, and there's this bull market thing and it's when they think the market's going up in a bear market and they think it's going down. And, and there's all these ins and outs about economics and when should I purchase something and when should I get rid of something and when is it better and does my value and assets appreciate me and go up and that's what I should really invest in. And that's important. Those are important things to know. If you don't know those, you'll probably make bad purchases. But that's not what we're specifically talking about today. See, what we're talking about today is a little bit different because it's about you. Specifically, what it's about you and I is what we've bought into to believe. And so I've used this dozens of times, but some of y'all have never heard me preach before. You might never have heard this principle before. And so the reality about Adam and Eve at the beginning of the Bible, because even if you've never heard the Bible before, most likely you're at least familiar that Adam and Eve were the first humans and, and, they, and they put these fig trees over their places that they shouldn't be seen. And, right? and so that was their bikini and their front man bikini thing and it's weird, right? It was fig leaves, help us Lord, at least wear some shorts, guys, no one wants to see that. But for some, we, we, we usually picture them eating an apple and in reality the fruit that they ate of the knowledge of good and evil, the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil off of that tree is actually a belief system. It's actually, it's actually something, it, it means, the word eat in the Hebrew actually means to buy into as a truth. And so, what we're selling and buying is God's way. His belief system. His, his way of doing things. And, it, and, and this is where it kind of comes from. Someone say apathy. Come on, say it like you mean it. Say apathy. Y'all know what apathy is? It's just, ah, Whatever. It's cool, mundane. I'm in, but not fully in. I'm invested, but I'm invested just tinkering. I'm not invested everything into it. It happens a lot in marriage. It happens a lot in our homes. It happens a lot when you've, when you've liked something for a certain amount of time, and then it becomes common and mundane, and then we become apathetic. And I believe that's the greatest enemy of the church today. Can I tell you that? The followers of Jesus, I believe apathy is a much greater enemy than agnostic or atheist ever will be. Because we worry, we put our energy against they don't believe in God, but at least they know what they do and don't believe and they've bought into that system, even if it's a lie and we believe it is. We're the ones that with our mouths declare what we believe and with our lives we've declared something totally opposite. You say, what do you mean, Mark? I was watching this thing this week. There's a pastor named Wayne Cordero. He's from um, Hawaii. I love him, y'all. Love him. Read his books. It ministered so much to my heart five, six, seven years ago. Um, in certain areas that God was changing me in and I didn't know what was going on and I needed help and man, his books just really helped me and 
But he tells this story, and, and I was just reminded of it this week. He tells this story of several trips that he's made to China. And, you know, if you live in Hawaii, a trip to China is much closer than if, if you live here because we actually go over the Pacific to get to China in the trip that I've got to go there. We went over Alaska, actually, but to get there, it's a lot closer. And so he's done some ministry work there and partnerships. And what Pastor Wayne said in this one particular story is he got to go to an underground church and meet these people that gathered together in different little small pockets of churches to worship God. Now, for us, we're here today, it's no big deal. But for them, I don't know if y'all know this, but just as a reminder, it's against the law to go to church, to own a Bible. If they catch us when we're over there owning a Bible or going to church, they'll send us home. If they catch them, they send them to, someone say it, jail, prison, for an extended time. Not a slap on the wrist and you're there for a month, but five to ten years. It's a big deal. And not only that, but the service he was having was in this particular location and people were coming in a bit late. And what he noticed is some of these people had gone a great distance. Matter of fact, he asked them afterwards, how long did you go? And some of them told, I need y'all to pay attention and listen to what I'm about to tell you because this is crazy. 13 hours on a train. Pause. <laughs> nope. I mean, I'm thinking, I'm listening to this going. 13 hours on a train. I'm not trying to go 13 hours on a train for nothing. I mean, it's terrible. Who in here, come on, be honest. Who in here has been on the Greyhound before? We have some people, right? It's awful. It makes stops. It stank. Some of y'all haven't. You need to thank the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Imagine you get on a Greyhound last night at 6 p.m. for a 13-hour ride so you can be to church by 7 a.m. and get start setting up. You're like, <laughs> as if, <laughs> no chance. Oh, oh, by the way, good news. As soon as the three-hour service, I said three hours. Y'all are like, oh, lunch, no, right? As soon as the three-hour service is over, you get right back on the train to go home because you got to work tomorrow. <laughs> Ain't no way. Matter of fact, I just thought about it this morning. What is something I could compare it to? I don't know the exact um, um, distance from here to, I know it takes 13 minutes-ish in the car. I can beat 15 minutes, especially if I hit the lights right from my house. So, but, but if I had to walk, right? If, if, if there was no possibility of driving my car anymore and I had to walk, based on the health app on my iPhone, I can tell you how fast I typically walk. Which, because I have long legs and big old feet, is about is a little over three miles an hour. Right now, I'm not walking at that speed. I'm having a leisure pace, right? But I could walk three-ish miles an hour, and so roughly two and a half to three hours to walk to church. But by the way, I got to walk home. Can I tell y'all something just being real with y'all this morning? If I had to walk to church, I don't know. And I'm the one talking in the microphone. I just don't know. But let the donuts run out, and then we really got a problem. Come on. I mean, let the lights be a little bit, let the music be a little bit loud. Let there be a little bit of something. Because we have made Christianity and church a consumerism thing rather than what I'm consuming is the word and I get to participate in the Lord Jesus. And so if I make it about me, then I will tear apart everything. And y'all, if this ain't you, then y'all are just way ahead of me. Because I done told you I wouldn't want to walk to church. But those people, now listen. What we didn't add in is walk to church so you might get arrested to walk home, to go to work in factories where you make nothing. And if that wasn't enough, while they were passing out Bibles in this service that Pastor Wayne was in, he noticed that this one particular lady took a Bible and just passed it on. Now keep in mind, they don't own Bibles. And she just gave it to the next person because he had already said the passage he was going to be preaching from today. So she just gave it to the next person. That was weird. So after the service, he was talking to this one particular lady who happened to be one of the ones who went 13 hours in a train to get there. And he said, ma'am, I noticed that you didn't follow along with us with somebody else, but you really seemed in tune. You were writing notes. And she said, oh, yes, sir. Pastor Wayne, I, I memorized that chapter a while ago. 
come again, you don't own a Bible. No, but when I was in prison, with a huge smile on her face, when I was in prison, I was able to memorize that chapter along with lots of other chapters in the Bible. And he said, well, how do you do that? Because I know if they don't give you a Bible out here, they sure ain't giving you a Bible in there. No, sir, but they'll let us write notes to each other. And people would write the whole chapter of the Bible and give it to us in the form of a note. And before the guards would take it away from us, we would memorize it. And I thought, yeah, so I got the Bible right here at any time. And I use it, and I'm thankful for it. Y'all, things like that aren't bad until we become apathetic. Because we bought into this thing called the world system. We bought into a lie. We bought into the fact that it, it is halfway is okay. That some way is okay. That part of me is okay. That if God gets any of me, that I do God a favor when I give him money that belongs to him anyway called the tithe. As if I need a medal for giving back to God because all of it belongs to him and he asked me to cooperate with him with tenths. But, but we think we deserve a, a pomp and circumstance. And if you're like me, and I'm just being honest in here, I wish I didn't have to be, but I, I am going to be today about this. When bad things start happening to me, I start saying things to God in my prayer time like, God, what happened? Did you forget me? And this lady's smiling because she went to jail. Can I tell y'all something? If I was in jail right now because of my Christianity, I'd be the biggest martyr in the world telling everybody, help me. Look what they did to me. They, they mean to me, and I'd be making a big deal. And she had a smile on her face. Now listen carefully, and I'm going to jump in. At the end of it, she said, Pastor Wayne, will you pray that we can have what you have in America? Because if we could just worship freely every day. And he said to her something so interesting that she took offensive at first. She, she, he said, no, ma'am, I won't pray that. Instead, I'm going to pray that we have what you have. That that fire that's burning in you where Jesus is the only thing, not one of the things, ends up becoming the thing for us. I'd like to suggest this morning to you that maybe the things that we're asking God to stop are the things that he invited in so that we could, our hearts could be turned back to him. Maybe, maybe everything that we're asking God to change and the things that we're so freaked out about that God's forgotten this country and he's taken his hand off, maybe it's actually that the church of, of America has forgotten him. That sometime along the way we bought into the wrong system and we need to go sell that and buy what's his. As a matter of fact, one of my favorite passages in the Bible because I believe it depicts so many powerful things. So many powerful things. The whole chapter of Matthew 13 is, a, is Jesus teaching the kingdom and the, and the parable of the sower and the parable of the weeds and the parable of all these things. And then he goes and he says this thing in verse 44. He says that the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. Someone say field. Say it like you mean it. Say field. Which a man found and covered up, and then in his joy, he goes and sells. Someone say sell. All that he has and buys that field. He goes and sells all that he has to buy that field. He goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. I do not want you to be misled today. I'm not asking you to sell all your stuff, give it to four points, and then cut yourself and drink this poison, and now we got a cult. That's not, that's not the point. No, for real, that's, that, that's not what God's asked of us externally stop thinking about the outward and think about your heart for a second see there's interpretation and then there's application in these passages and and I want y'all to give me some grace today because I'm gonna tear apart a couple applications number one if, if you're married in this room and I may hit this in the sermon series we're gonna do next on relationships starting the first of February so not next week but the week after we're gonna start a relationship series and that's not for just married people by the way but it affects every one of us who are married Directly every day, because we put a ring on it because we liked it. And we said, till death do us part. And what we mean is, as long as you ain't stupid. Am I right? As long as I'm still in love, because <laughs> that's something. So at one point, they were, y'all better listen, because I'm going to preach good. I just don't know if y'all are going to keep up. So y'all's ears better go fast today. Well, we like the treasure that we saw at one time in our lives with the person that we decided to hitch our wagon to. But the problem is, as time goes on, what apathy does is make me see more dirt than I see treasure. Y'all better listen, because I'm about to throw something. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place today. 
We do the same thing when it comes to following Jesus. How many times have we noticed all the dirt, metaphorically speaking, the issues, the problems? They said this, people left our church in the last months because they didn't like something I said because I got political. I'm one of the least political pastors on planet Earth. Y'all never have found out who I voted for. But I was mad. Righteous anger. I'm not mad at the man. I'm mad at that you stood up so hard against this thing and didn't say a thing about this thing. And I said, one thing. And three families left. And wrote us letters and told us why. I don't care. What if I voted for that person that you're mad at? Because here's what I want. Here's what I want. Because I'm going to be the same way with Biden that I was Trump. Both of them are my presidents. One was and one is. But I need consistency. I could care less what your policies are when it comes to standing up for something. And if you stand up for this, and then you're silent about this because that one's black and that one's white or that one's Republican or that one's Democrat, bullcrap is what I'm calling. Care less about your policy. And people lose their freaking minds. Why? Thank you for asking. Because your field is your sphere of practical operation. This is the definition, by the way. Not necessarily the Greek for that particular word. But if you tear it apart, for us, it's our core belief system. It's what, we, what, what you're allowed to eat into and then it settles into is my, is my value system. It, it's my heart. It's what and why I do what I do. It's the why behind my what. It's the big deal. And whenever, listen, y'all better listen. Whenever you start messing with somebody's why, you mess with somebody's God. And no matter how much you love them, no matter how many times you went to the hospital for them, no matter how many babies you kiss for them, no matter how many things you do for them, let them mess with their God and you are done because you ain't that good. Because the kingdom field is not the world system. And I don't care which one gives me more money, which one gives me more fame, which one gives me more this. I don't like some policies of this one. I don't like some things of that one. But guess what? Not my president don't work for either one. Because can I help y'all? Is my president. My job's to pray for them. And if I feel like something's going directly against God, I won't be silent. But I will support them with my prayer time, but they can't control me. But that is very much not the thing. That's one thing. Someone say one thing. But there's lots of things. See, we got options. That's the problem. At the touch of my hand, I can get to anything and everything that I want. I can buy things on my phone now. I can, I can pay for things on my phone now. I can, I can go places and do things. I could, I could sign up for a trip to go anywhere in the world in one minute on my phone. I don't need God. I got me. And I got friends. And I got ways. There is no sense of desperation. So my field is multiple and God is part of my equation. Listen carefully. That's not okay. Is it bad to have stuff? I need y'all's help today. No, it's bad when stuff has you. And it reminds me of a story in the Bible in Matthew 19. It's called, at your header, it'll say the rich young ruler. And this rich young ruler comes up to Jesus as he's been teaching and says, Hey, Jesus, like, I get this whole field thing and, and it's my core value and I got to buy the right field and sell the old and that, that all makes sense. But here's what I need from you. What do I have to do to really be one of your followers? I mean, to really, really be sold out and be one of yours. And he says, here's the commandments that I'm going to show you. Now, it's so interesting how Jesus tore it down because he told a bunch of the commandments that the rich young ruler didn't have a struggle with. But he left the one because he's savage. He left coveting for him and put it in his back pocket and said, you think you got it, but I'm going to show you. Do this, do this, do this, do this. He said, I got it. He said, okay. Well, if you want to be perfect, now, let me help you. That word perfect is not what we think. It's not never sin. It's, it's literally the word teleo in the Greek, which is where we get the word telescope from. It means fully stretched out and matured. Better yet, what's a telescope do? I can see farther and do more. And so he said, if you want to see what I see and become fully matured as a follower of me, then for you, rich young ruler, this is not for everybody. This is, this is, this is Jesus saying, this is your field. This is your core value system. This is what has defined you. Sell everything you got and give it to the poor. 
He actually said, go and sell. That's important because it's this series. All your possessions, all you possess, give it to the poor, and then you'll have, someone say treasure. Treasure, treasure in heaven. And come follow me. And when the man heard this, he, he was the one that asked Jesus. But when the man heard this, he was sad and went away sorrowful. And it says because he had what? Say it out loud. Great possession. Look at this. In the Greek, the word great possessions, literally, I about threw something when I saw this this week, a field. I said, holy ghost. That's amazing. It means things. It means territory. It means stuff. And a lot of us, particularly I believe it's a, a man thing, male. What we amass and possess is what we take pride in. We like to compare 401ks. We like to compare how, how big is how your house and, and how many cars and how many things. And, and we start feeling good about ourselves based on what we do. And in this case, the rich young ruler must have had a lot because his field was quite large. To follow Jesus, you don't have to sell all that you own. As a matter of fact, Jesus wants to, to bless you abundantly. But watch, here's the definition of covet. To want more than what God has designed for you to handle to accomplish his purpose. That's literally what it means. And whenever I see God, you call me to this and it's only going to take this to do this. But I really want this. So I'm not really cool with your plan anymore. So I, I, I want to go to heaven. But I want to do it my way. Someone say wrong field. Wrong field. Say it like you mean it. Say wrong field. Wrong. Here's the problem with fields. Here's the problem with buying the wrong system. Here's the problem with fields. Is this is yours. And what you buy into is the system that you get behind. And as followers of Jesus, a lot of us, we ask him to fix our field instead of selling the old and buying into his way and then trusting that he's already destined us with the one we're supposed to buy into. Therefore, we get mad at God all the time and say, why don't you change my field of work? Why don't you change my field of play? Why don't you change my way? Why don't you make me taller? Why don't you, why don't you, why don't you, instead of us saying I already did, now you've already done it and I trust you, so I'll just follow. You prepared a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You lead me down paths of righteousness for your name's sake. I can trust you in everything that I do so it doesn't matter. Though 10,000 fall on this side and 1,000 on this side, I can trust you so I follow you. We constantly bring up the things to God that's not happening because I see what I believe. I don't trust and follow. And look at me, please, please, please. Some of us, it's our children. It's our profession. It's our things. It's our stuff. It's our hobbies. It's our, it's our teams. It's whatever we do. And we begin to be defined by it. And the field that defines you, the field that binds you and ties you up and has your heart, defines you. You say, what do you mean? People know it. Whether you know it or not, they know it. Because everything that comes out of you is an overflow. Why do people leave the church when I simply try to call out what is not right is right and what is right is not? Not about a specific, who I voted for or didn't vote for, but why did they leave? Because, because it defines them. Because a, a, a human, a mid-70s white dude is a savior. Look at my face. Nope. Now listen, I voted for one of them, and I don't apologize. Not at all. And from a systematic standpoint, I much stronger agree with one side than the other. But no matter what, the government sits on Jesus' shoulders, and I could care less who's in there. And watch this, maybe, just maybe, God's allowing certain things to happen on both sides of the equation so that we'll actually buy the right field. And not... Democrat, Republican, Independent, or poop, whichever system we want to follow. Because they ain't, ain't, all of them are fallacies. Except for his. Because when I buy the wrong field, it also blinds me. And watch this, y'all know what that means. That means that I'll be so out of control, lunacy, that I'll end up cussing people, getting angry with people, losing my mind with people, unfriending people, doing things to people that I never thought I possibly would. And then I say things like, come on, y'all you, can talk back to me in here. I don't even know where that's coming from. <laughs> yes, you do. You're just blind right now. I don't want to admit the fact that I've made that a little bit higher than God, but I still pray and ask God to bless it. He ain't going to bless something that he didn't call you to. 
It's 100% on me if God didn't call me to it. It's 100% on God if he called me to it and I follow. I'm going to choose God's way. I don't know about y'all. But this is where it gets good, so I hope y'all are ready. Are y'all ready? Come on. Are y'all ready? Because it's about to get gooder and gooder. Why is it so difficult then for me to sell out? Like if, if it's obvious and, 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 if, and, and with joy he buys the field and, 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 and it doesn't go well and I'm, and I'm miserable in my heart and no matter how much I get, it's not enough. Why is it so difficult to sell the old way and buy his way? It's because in the parable of the sower, meaning sowing seed, Jesus gave four examples of people's souls. Or can I say it differently? People's fields. Because this is your field. Four different examples. When he explained this passage in Matthew 13, and it's what I want to show you. Matthew 13, starting in verse 19, he says, when anyone hears the word, someone say hears. Everybody in here is hearing the word. I just don't know where you are with Jesus. He says, when some people hear the word, but they don't understand it. This word understand is not just like, aha, I got math. Some of y'all better listen. Y'all know what I'm talking about because if you had to do it today, you couldn't. Y'all better talk. Y'all lying, I'm telling you, I know. Huh? Am I telling the truth? If some of y'all had to do trig, you're like, who's that? That's my neighbor. I ain't doing that. Right? But we understood it then. This is not understand it then and not get it now. This is get it with my whole system. This is, this is a full comprehensive understanding. He says, if, if those people that hear it and don't understand it, when the evil one comes, when Satan comes, he wants to snatch away the word. He doesn't want it to set in your heart and become your belief system. And so you can guarantee the enemy's going to come to try to snatch it away. And he does. Everything that's sown along the path. I'll give you the Bible with this. Matthew chapter 7 says that the broad road, broad path, leads to destruction and many find it. I don't necessarily think that's always a heaven and hell passage. I think that's a disciple. People can trust Jesus as Lord, but I think they can get off the path because their hearts get hardened. And they choose a different way. But I definitely believe, for the most part, this is a salvation talk. Because many people hear the word and they like the concept of Jesus but were apathetic toward him and just think he could be part of the equation. Look at me. You can't really be a follower of Jesus with your whole heart halfway. In our lives, we always say we don't want to be sellouts. Well, I'm going to tell you something. You want to be a sellout in this because you got to sell out everything that you used to be in your old system and you got to buy into his way or there's no other way. Number two, number two person. This is the person that hears it and doesn't get it. Number two person is the person that hears it and immediately receives it in joy. Someone say joy. Isn't that the same word that the kingdom is like? The man who found a treasure hidden in a field and with joy he sold all he had? It looks the same. Someone say looks. It looks the same. It just ain't the same. Why? Because after a minute, the person that received it with joy, this is a person that in a worship service, you'll shout me down. But as soon as you walk out, it just fell on hard ground. Oh, it, it took a little bit, but the root can only go this deep, and it's got to go real deep. And so it started making its way down into the core of you. The problem is you hit hard rock as you're going in because it has no root in himself. So they endure for a while. They're like, I'll try it out. I'll go with this. I think it sounds good. Let's go with Jesus. I like this concept. I like this idea. I'm all in. I love it. And as soon as tribulation and persecution come, of all the things that I believe are the American church, these next two really define us. Because we spend so much of our time praying that God will stop the tribulation, failing to remember what James 1 says, count it joy. Not be full of joy, count it joy when you face trials and tribulation of many kinds, knowing that the testing of your faith produces perseverance, perseverance love that I can continue through and eventually I will be matured and complete, lacking nothing. But every time it comes, I'm just telling you from my experience, I oftentimes say things like, I don't know why this is happening because this doesn't feel blessed. So we puff up. Y'all, I've said some of the nastiest mean things about other Christians that I'm not proud of. Made fun of. Puffed myself up. Called things out. And there's one thing for standing on the truth and it's another thing for standing on my truth. 
And I'm just letting y'all know today that my truth does not matter in the kingdom. I mean, it matters not at all. Because my truth is not a real thing. There is the truth and there is the lie. And I buy into the lie when I don't get behind his way. I'll say it differently. When my field is optional, who has charge of it? And I start leaning on both sides. It's like this. If God's way is this and the, and the world is this, this person keeps a foot in both fields. This person, if you're talking about investing, is really, really interested in the investment side. They just never go all in. This person is the person that, that when it comes to burning the boats, like the, figuratively speaking, I, I don't have any other options. God, it's your way. If, it, if this doesn't work, then I don't want it. There's always option B and C and D because God might be the best option, but he's just one of the options. And when it arises on the count of the word, because the enemy's going to come. Can I tell y'all, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but he's come that we can have life and more abundantly. I do not believe this means God doesn't want to bless you. I just mean Satan wants to curse you. And he can offer you anything he wants to offer you as long as he can get you to buy into the wrong field. Someone say no root. That's a problem, isn't it? Because if we're supposed to show the fruit of the Spirit without the root of the Spirit, we're faking it. And it doesn't work. And no matter how much we know we're supposed to love people and have joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control in our lives, we're not going to have it on our own. The next one is the one who's sown among thorns, who hears the word, but the cares. Someone say cares. Say it loud. Say cares. cares. This is the same word for anxious. Be anxious for nothing but in everything in prayer. It literally means separated from wholeness. I think this is so fascinating that that word means separated from wholeness, but peace means whole. That God wants to bind you in truth and make you whole. So what does Satan try to do? He tries to make the cares of the world, my 401k, my bank account, my problems, my children, my hobbies, my things, did y'all know my kids are not my property? They don't belong to me. They're on loan from God, but they are his children. And as I, as I train them up in the way they should go, it's an honor to get to train them, and it's an honor that they have my last name. But one of them, if she gets married, Laney won't always have my last name. And either one of them are capable on a daily basis of disappointing because they're human. But if I obsess over them thorns they're going to mess up y'all they're human and the only way I need to know that to have that reality is to remember me good God almighty y'all better talk back to me because I know some of y'all Jesus take the wheel let them not make the same mistakes Lord they're going to mess up and I believe in my heart that the more we do what's right and have honest conversations they'll fall They'll follow the Lord's path. But they're going to have mistakes and failures. But if I obsess over them, then when anything happens to them, I lose my cookies. I mean, you would think that I set the world on fire if I ever say something mean about your kid. Because people will do crazy things if you poke their God. It's okay if it's quiet in here. Y'all just pick your feet up like this with me right now. It ain't just your toes, and let's keep going. I need someone to say unfruitful. This says because I'm deceived by the riches of the world. It does not say that riches are deceitful on their own. It says the, the Bible says, Paul said the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Not money. Money is neutral till it hits my hand. Matter of fact, most things are till I abuse it. Anything I make, the thing that I worship the most is the thing that I'll abuse the fir fastest first whatever I'm trying to say. Y'all know what I'm talking about. It's the thing that I will abuse. It's the thing that, that I want to make more important than it really is. And I put on the throne of my life. And then I become unfruitful. If you ever want to know someone's fruit, this is hard for me. Squeeze them. Metaphorically speak, speaking, squeeze them. You know, this, is, this has been something I've had to look in the mirror and face in recent days because people who I love dearly have shown fruit that I wasn't really, I'm not really crazy about and I'm super surprised about. And the reality that I had to face is they got squeezed in certain areas and some truth that I didn't know about came out. I'm not judging. I'm saying this is a fact. It's tough. 
And the other fact that I don't like is that happens to me some because I'm human and I make mistakes. But as long as I'm bought into his field, he'll bring me back because he's good like that. See, it's not about my behavior. It's about my heart. It's about what field I bought and what I sold out to. I'm no longer a part of the old way. I'm his. If any man is in Christ, he's a, say it out loud. Say it loud. Say new. New field. New way. New form. Last one is this. I love this. It says, as for the one sown in good soil. Someone say good. It's not talking about your behavior. It's talking about your heart. The difference between Judas and us is that Judas walked with Jesus in the flesh for three years and did everything he did, but once it got hard, he left and sold out for more money. Jesus, sold, Jesus was sold out for 30 pieces of silver because that field looked better to Judas because Jesus did exactly what he said he was going to do, but once the rubber hit the road and it got difficult, he sold out. He said, deuces, I'm out. So answer this question. If, if you could fill in the blank, yeah, but if that happened, I'm out, then you can go ahead and name your field. Did you hear what I said? You can name your field if you know what you'd sell out for. Or you've given your whole heart to Jesus and said, I will sell out for nothing other than his way. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust anything, I'm going to paraphrase, anything other than his way. Only lean on Jesus' name. That's the only way I can go. Because the, the one who understands it and then buys it and then eats it and says, this is my field, he indeed bears fruit and yields in one case, a hundredfold and then 60-fold and then 30-fold. So in the kingdom, it's not that you don't get a return on your investment. It's actually that it's a multiplication anointing on your investment. It's just not necessarily going to be money. It's not going to necessarily be the things that have obsessed you for years. It's not necessarily going to be the things that you thought it might look like. It's probably not going to be what it, you thought it would look like. But I can tell you in Christ, it's greater than you can ask or imagine. And the issue is, what field do I want? I love these. Y'all just got to see this. In the kingdom, there's not, there, there's not a bull market or a bear market. There's just a blessed market. Because he came that we could have life more abundantly. Here's the thing that I can stand on and not have to guess about. If he called me to it, he's already paid for it. So, so if it's this big, I don't have to pray, beg, hope, dance on one leg. I can claim the promises of God in Jesus' name. And just, like, just because today what I see is little as much when God is in it, I don't have to see a full house to know that we're going to reach 1% of Greenville and Spartanburg County with the gospel of Jesus. Come on, somebody. I don't have to see a church paid for to know that we've got a church paid for. I don't have to have the faith to believe the fool. I just have to have the mustard seed size faith to believe. Why? Because I live under a blessed market, not a bull and a bear. It doesn't go up and down. It's exactly what I need. Someone say, I don't want because I got all I need. I don't have to want. I never have to want. I can trust the fact that he's given me all I need according to whose riches. My riches? No, his riches in Christ Jesus. So this isn't a hope so. This is a stand on a word so. There is not a bull market or a bear market. Someone say blessed. I am blessed. Next one. In God's field, there are not ROIs. In the kingdom, there's not ROIs. There's EROIs. What's that mean? Return on investment and eternal return on investment. It means that if your treasure is somewhere other than where it should be, you only focus on what, what's in it for me. But if you, if you choose God's field, the thing that you concern yourself with are, here's what the Bible says we're harvesting. Some will say souls. That means heaven gets bigger when I'm in the right field. Yeah, but Mark, I'm not a preacher. You don't have to be. I mean, every dollar that you sow as a kingdom man or kingdom woman, God expands his field. I mean, every smile that you make. I mean, every person that you love that's unlovable. I mean, every person that you forgive that's unforgivable. I mean, every single conversation that I have has nothing to do with there's a microphone, has nothing to do with there's an altar call, has nothing to do with Jordan's playing that piano so beautifully behind me, has nothing to do with any of that. Because I'm not the drawer of the net. Did y'all know that? The Bible never tells me be the harvest person. Be the one that draws in the net. Be, be, the, be the one that sheaths and brings it in. No, 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 no. Paul said, Paul said, I sowed in Apollo's water, but it's God that brings the yield, the increase. Fruitfulness is not because of youthfulness. It's because of him and his fullness and his greatness. I bring man. He brings the supernatural. 
God does not need me to be awesome. But watch, you better not miss this. But I dang sure can't be like this half in. I can pray till I'm blue in the face. But if I bought another field, that's where my heart is because that's where my treasure lies. Because I'm a sellout until I buy in. Because whatever I perceive, someone say perceive. Whatever I've looked into and said, that is the greatest treasure. That's what I'll sell out for. That's what I'll sell out for, y'all. Can y'all, teenagers, can you look at me a second, young people? You know why so many people are so easily tricked into impure lives, not saving themselves for marriage? It's because they bought into the wrong field. I'm serious. I'm not really cool. I like shoes, but I'm big and goofy. I play ball, but if I play now, I need an inhaler. Come on, somebody. If I walk up my stairs, I need an inhaler, but that's another story. But I've been brokenhearted because I, I, I really try to stay out of pop culture more than in. But I want to know what's going on. You know what I've realized? It's uncool to be a follower of Jesus now. You're a sellout. You're a fake. You're a goody two-shoes. You know what they can call me? Goody two-shoes. They goody big shoes, if that's what they call me. But I don't care. I'm so thankful that I saved myself for Leah and that Leah's the only woman I've ever laid with. I'm so thankful that I can say that. But it doesn't make me righteous. What makes me righteous is God. So the reason that I'm not ashamed to sell out is because God didn't call me to halfway. And I make decisions every day of my life defining who I will follow, watch this, and what field I've really bought into. And just like this, difficulties can come and I can buy another field because I don't want to feel this way anymore. But how many of y'all know that fields can make you buy the wrong field? But that gut, no. In Christ Jesus is the one that I buy into right. Jesus said it like this in Matthew 6. It goes right along with this. He said, where your treasure is, that's where your heart is also. He said, where my treasure is, is where my heart is also. Because the kingdom is like a treasure hidden in a field, and with joy, a man sold everything he had to buy that field. Look at me in here. None of you have to sell everything you own. Why? I'm going to preach so good right now, I don't know if y'all can keep up. Because <laughs> I just feel the Lord Jesus. Because he already bought it. <laughs> Isn't God good? Because when he said this, he hadn't died yet. Good God Almighty, he is good. But then something happened. A couple years later, guess what he did? He said, I've, I, I've considered... Daniel and I've considered Ashley and I've considered you at home and I've considered all of you and I decided I'll buy you with a price that price is his blood and so do you know what field Jesus bought Jesus bought your heart that's the field that he purchased and the way that he purchased it was by letting his son God let his son Jesus die a death that we couldn't die so that he could buy you and purchase you and let you become his righteousness but here's what I can't do I can't be one of his halfway. I've got to sell out what was old and buy into his way. It is not what I see that matters. It is what I perceive that matters. I put my faith in what I think can get me there. But listen, young people, the lie, listen, old people, the lie is that it feels good doing. The lie is that if you can buy it, you might as well. To hell with those lies because they'll send you there quickly. As for me and my house, I'm buying his way. I don't care. Y'all look at me. I don't care. I don't care if people think I'm crazy. I don't think I care if I'm a lunatic who is just a cult follower. He wants everybody to do this. Who cares? I'm psycho for Jesus. Why? Because with my joy, I'm buying the field and everything that comes with it. And I know there's weeds in the field, and I know there's dirt in the field, but I don't care. I choose to not see your dirt. I choose to see your treasure.
And I choose to be a man that will follow him no matter where he says to go. And no matter what they, the naysayers, look at me. There's naysayers everywhere. Who cares what naysay? That was good. If we let other things or people define us, we'll be bystanders looking going, that field looks pretty. But what if I told you that that billion dollar lottery ticket, y'all better listen to me, what would you do if I told you the billion dollar lottery ticket was on that piece of land right next door to us? I would sell everything. I'd sell you. Not you, Brian. I like you. I would sell my sneakers. I would sell the bottoms of them. I would shave myself and sell, and sell my little leg hairs. I would do everything. Why? That's a billion dollars. And so would you. Can I tell you the problem? As crazy and stupid as I sound. We should be much more passionate about selling out for Jesus. Why? Because that billion dollars will run out. But his never runs out. It's a grace that never runs dry. It's a hope that never stops. And no matter how low it gets or high it gets, start telling yourself the truth that maybe God's allowed these things to happen. Listen, church hurt person. I don't know who you are, but I've felt it all day. We will church hurt you if you stay here long enough. Why? Because we're led by a stupid person that will mess up. I'm ignorant. I say things before I think. I ready aim fire a lot. Y'all pray for the leaders of this church. They're fire putter outers. But we will love you like crazy. And we'll point you to the one that will never mess up. But as long as you put your hope in something other than Jesus, they're going to mess up. There's some of you that have been abused in this room and you're like, I'm tired of this, I give up. Listen, my heart breaks. I know stories, if y'all if y'all can hear half the stuff that I hear, it's a heavy burden to carry. But I'm so grateful he lets me. And I just want to pick him up and change him. But here's the good news, I'm not a changer. But I can point you to the one. But to be changed, you got to buy in and sell out. Because he bought the field of your heart. But you got to take the deed and eat it. Will y'all bow your heads? I could keep going for another three hours, but it's just repetitive and I don't need to. But I feel like the Lord is pulling people close today. And I feel like salvation needs to come to some people's houses. At home, I feel like salvation needs to come to your home in this room. Here's who I'm talking to, just for a second. You're one of those people that know all about God, but the seed has never taken root because you've bought into the idea, but you've never sold out to his way. And you wonder why you feel hopeless and like he's left you, but the Bible says he'll never leave you and forsake you. So you've believed a lie because of difficult things. Friend, I just want to offer this to you today. Whoever it is in this room, Jesus loves you, he died for you, he lives for you, and he prepared a way for you so you can say yes to him. And he just wants you to buy into the fact that it's his way or no way. And he wants you to be his follower, his son or daughter, and come home. So I just need to know in this place how many people need to say, I'm coming home, I'm ready to be a follower of Jesus. I made a decision when I was a kid or I've never made one before, but I didn't buy in all the way and I'm ready to say yes to Jesus. I want to know that I know that I know that I'm his. And I buy that whole field. I sell out with joy. I will sell out to the old me and trust him as Lord right now. Come on, if that's you, I'm not going to embarrass you. I won't, I won't call your name or point you out. I just will say thank you and that's it. Just throw your hand up and acknowledge. Thank you so much. Anybody else? Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Anybody else? Just raise your hand right now. Hey, listen, at home or in this room, here's what I want you to do. Will y'all just stand to your feet right now? Just stand to your feet. And followers of Jesus, I need y'all's help because I need y'all shouting with me. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You believe with this and exchange his for yours and then acknowledge him with your mouth. 
Well, I believe there's people at home and people in this room that believe in their heart. We're going to do it together with our mouths. Everybody loud and proud right now. Will y'all do it with me? Say yes loud if you will. Thank you, Lord. Say, Jesus, I believe you died, you rose again, and you are who you said you are. Lord, today I give you my life because you bought my field. I am your child today. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, somebody in this room, just shout. Come on, we can do better than that. The Bible says that the angels in heaven are having a party for people that have trusted him, that Jesus died for my sins and became sin so that I could live. Now listen to me. I believe in a room this size with this many people. There's a lot of people that would say I'm a follower of his, but I've struggled to buy all the way in. And when people interact with me, they don't get one of those crazy followers of Jesus who have sold out to his way. They get someone half in. I'm going to tell you what I personally believe that the way to do it is by worshiping him with your whole heart. Now listen, you can shout, you can sing, you can dance, you can cut a rug, you can pray in the Holy Ghost, you can do anything that you want and you can leave and it can be that hard soil. But I, this is my opinion. I don't believe you can be silent and really be bought in. I'm going to say it again. I don't think you can sit with your hands in your pockets and be bought in. Why? Because if I take you to a football game and your team scores, ain't nobody doing this. That's good. Praise God. I won't only do it. We're going to the ship. We're going to the ship. Everybody goes nuts when their team goes good. But let someone get excited during the worship service. Like, I'm going to lift my hand. Like, I'm unafraid. I need some people in here that are sold out. Someone say sell out. To sell out right now. I don't care if you've never raised your hand. I don't care if you grew up independent, fundamental. Don't you say amen. Amen is a sin. If you even say one thing, if you, all right, then, and that's how you grew up, I don't care. We're done. Someone say, that's old. I'm not talking about what they sing. I'm talking about the style, so don't get offended. We are selling out. So I'm just telling you, if, if you get easily offended, I'm going to invite you right now. I love you so much. Go ahead and leave. Because we're finna go in. I'm not even getting down. Because we're going in right now. I'm just telling you, we're going to lift our hands like we are unashamed. And we're going to shout his name till the walls come falling down. Just be honest in this room. Come on, as crazy as I am, if y'all can't team up with me today, then you ain't going to have any hope. How many of y'all can just be honest and say, there's some walls that need to come down in my life. Y'all better raise your hands up. Well, y'all better get ready. Because we finna go in. And we're inviting you in. Here's who needs to come right now. I'm not, you don't have to move out of your seat, but I'm talking about with your life, with your heart. The people that are ready to say, I'm done with the old field and I'm buying all in. Just with me right now, say, I'm all in. Come on, y'all better show me. We going in, Shannon.